Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Welcome. We are ending today our series on open doors. And we're talking about how all of us have these open doors that God opens to us that we could be used by Him for the glory of His name to experience Him in a special way. And I was talking about, I keep on mentioning this, is that God is not stuck in the box that we won't leave. God is not in these 10 square feet. God is outside of that box. And God is challenging us to, to enter through the open doors that He opens for us that we would experience Him, not for our own glory. The goal is not for us to, to see God's open doors, to go through them, so that I could, that people could see how like, great I am or how fulfilled I am, but, but it's so that God, at the end, would be glorified. And last time we talked about the open doors that God gives us with other people, to be able to connect, to be a blessing to others, for people's lives to be touched and to be changed. But today, I want to talk about the doors that we are afraid to go through and why we don't go through them. So many people, God is opening up doors for them and because of many reasons, which we're going to talk about today, we don't go through those doors or we avoid those doors and because of that, so many people don't experience God. They don't know God. God to them is, is, is a cool story. He, he you know, yeah, I, when, I, when I want to shout to the sky, I can shout to God, you know, the name of God and just shout to Him and that makes me feel better. But that's not God. God is much bigger than that. God is meant to be felt with your hands, seen with your eyes, to be experienced and to be known deeply. And so today, I want to talk about Jonah. Because Jonah is a person that I believe that he is the patron saint of not going through open doors. Jonah is the, saint, the, the person that when God called him, we're going to study right now, when God called him to go and to serve him, we know that Jonah went the complete opposite direction. Every time God opens a door for someone in Scripture, I want you to understand that there is this tug of war in every single person. There are all types of fears and doubts as to whether I should go through this door, what's going to happen, what if I fail, I actually want to encourage you. It, w- it was funny because I, I was asked to, to participate in some, doing some interviews for some people. And what is the typical question that you're asked in an interview? Tell me some of your strengths. Tell me some of your accomplishments or your successes. And I began to realize that God put it on my heart for me to ask, what are your failures? What are things that you failed in? Nobody wants to sit in an interview and say a long list of everything they failed in. But a failed person or a person that's failed has learned something, has learned what not to do. And they've gone, think like if I was to hire somebody that failed, it means that they made an, you know, a mistake on somebody else's clock, on somebody else's paycheck. Okay. I don't have to pay for that mistake. So if you've already failed many times, then I'm ready to take you because you've learned everything you need to learn and it didn't cost me anything. Failure 
sometimes is what God wants us to experience. Because in failure, we start to discover things about ourselves, things that we didn't know were right or were wrong. We learned lessons. Failure is the greatest thing ever. Don't be afraid of failure. A lot of you people who like to resist the things that God is knocking, open doors, and you resist it. Ah, like, I like things to be stable and normal and don't ask me to change my job or don't ask, like, just leave me. The, no matter what it is, I don't want to change. But be careful. You're afraid of failure. And because you're afraid of failure, you're always living in this, like, play it safe realm where God is not present. And I want us to understand that. Most people who God calls in the Bible were people that were afraid or people that, but eventually they say yes. Except for one person in the Bible where the rich young ruler, he came to the Lord Jesus and he says, Lord, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? He says, obey the commandments. He says, check, I've done that. He says, okay, one thing you lack, go, sell your possessions, give to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. And the Bible tells us that he went away sad. That's one of the only stories that I can think of. Maybe there's another one, but I, I couldn't think of any. Of somebody who God is opening up a door and he closed the door. You see, really it's important that you are not refusing the different callings that God has for you. There's big callings. There's like the big calling, like to become a priest was my big calling. But there are little callings that I took little open doors that I kept on taking day after day that led me to the bigger calling. And so if I hadn't taken the open doors little by little that God was leading me through, through successes and through failures, I would have never reached my bigger call. So I'm asking you first before we continue is, what are the open doors that you are refusing to go through? I want you to think for a second before I go because I want you to be able to identify as we go through this this. The story of Jonah. But this is the story of Jonah who says no to God's open door. Let's read it. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. I don't know, can you guys see that? Is it big enough? Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. I want you to understand something about Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. And Assyria was, in the 7th and 8th centuries BC, Assyria was the great world power. It chewed up and spit out countries like nothing. It was known for genocide. They were extremely violent, aggressive, wicked people. They were extremely powerful. They were terrible people. And God is saying, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. When Israel was split into two sections, north and south, the northern kingdom of ten tribes and the southern kingdom of just two tribes, the northern kingdom was captured and basically completely destroyed. And so what do we see is that Jonah, let's see what happened. 
So God says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Nahum, another one of the Old Testament prophecies, called Nineveh the city of blood. They were the city of blood. So these are, is Jonah justified in wanting to get away from these people? You know, whenever you read the story or the book of Jonah, we all sit there and judge Jonah. Why do you think? God told you. And like, if God asks you to do something as clear as day and you say no, you must be a terrible person. Don't we all sit there and judge Jonah every year? And then even the, the, the tunes of the, of the church year when we do the fast of Jonah are very like, Jonah stinks, right? Jonah denied, but Jonah is like the worst person in the world. And you can't blame him for running away from the presence of the Lord. And I want to ask you right now, he did this because he was afraid. So the first thing of why we don't go through open doors is fear holds you back. Fear holds you back, and fear is what gets into your mind, and fear is not from God. Fear is not from God, and every time you're afraid of some open door, and I just talked about failure, and you're afraid to fail, or you're afraid to get hurt, or you're afraid of something, fear is what, pre- is, what is preventing you. And so for Jonah, he ran the complete other way. I want you to understand something about open doors. Not every open door is fun. Not every open door is safe and easy and comfortable. If you read the, the, the book of Jeremiah, that's a very tough calling, right? He had to go and tell the people that they were blacks, backsliding from, from God and going away and they were going to be taken captives. It was a very tough calling. And he took that calling. And we call Jeremiah the weeping prophet. Not every open door is easy. And for Jonah, this open door wasn't even safe. But there's always something about open doors, something greater than our own benefit. There's something about open doors that lead to your own benefit. God, when he opens a door, no matter how scary it is, no matter how hard it might be, no matter how challenging it's going to be or uncomfortable you're going to be, often it's for your greater benefit. I want you to identify the Nineveh in your life. Nineveh Nineveh is the place God calls you where you don't want to go. Think about that for a second. Where is God calling you? Some open door, it could be a very small open door, like to think about it, because Nineveh is fear. Go to Nineveh, go to this place where where you don't want to go. It's trouble. Nineveh is danger. Nineveh is fear. Nineveh is awkwardness. Nineveh is going to be uncomfort. And sometimes God is calling you to a Nineveh and you keep saying no. Can you identify your Nineveh in your life? Where is that area that God is calling you to serve somebody and you don't want to? Maybe it's something that's going to be very humbling. But I want you to know that fear is never overcome by avoidance. If you have fear in your heart, And you are just always avoiding, avoiding, avoiding. I don't like it. It's not what I want. You're running away. It's going to be uncomfortable. Abuna, just leave me alone. Stop bugging me. I love like my seat at Light and Life. I like the coffee. I like the lights. Just leave me here. God's saying, this is nice. Like I spoke about today in the sermon, 
when he's telling the disciples, you give them something to eat. I don't want to give them something to eat. There's 15,000 of them and they're hungry and I don't have anything. I don't want to go to Nineveh. How many times has God been nudging you and pushing you saying, go talk to this person. Stop avoiding this situation. Go confront this person. Go be honest about your feelings. And it's Nineveh and you're saying, I'm out of here. I'm getting out of here because I don't want to have anything to do with this. So Jonah leaves home, but not for Nineveh. He goes to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. I want you to know that we were born to be brave. We were born to be bold for Christ. And one thing that you see in the book of Acts over and over again is the boldness that they had. At one minute, they are afraid. You know, Peter at one minute is denying Jesus in front of a little servant girl. He was afraid. When he received the Holy Spirit, he's standing before thousands and he's standing before the people that want to put him in prison. And he said, you are the ones that crucified him. You are the ones that crucified the the, the Son of God. Boldness. When the Holy Spirit is in your life, you are not called to be afraid. Actually, you would find that they would come out of prison. They would go into prison. God would set them free. Or jails would be opened or whatever. And they would go back into the temples and keep preaching. Okay, if God let you out, go hide, man. Run away as far as you can. No, I'm going right back in. What's wrong with you? Because God called me to. But you're going to get arrested again. I know. I was reading a book. I, I, I think I shared this before. There's a book called Secret Believers. Secret Believers are about these missionaries in the Middle East who are going out and they're preaching to the non-believers, non-Christians in the Middle East. And usually you go, you convert, and then you leave to the country and you send another missionary so they don't find you and you're, you can escape. Well, this movement of these secret believers was... Not every time we convert somebody or preach the gospel, we run. So they would just say, we're going to do prayer revivals. All of Europe would do these prayer revivals, praying for the missionaries that are going to stay. They're going to stay, and they're going to keep going. And they don't know what's going to happen to them. And they would threaten to hurt their families and kidnap their you know, cousins. And, and they were bold to say, we aren't going to fear. We aren't going to run away from God's open doors. I want you to think about that for a second because what God told Joshua in Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God will be with you. So the first thing that's holding you back from these open doors is fear. And it's, it's justified, it's normal, but you are not meant to continue in fear. You are not meant to stay in this position. Crippled, hiding in a box, avoiding. Avoiding is not the way of God. God tells us to take things head on, to go straight, to speak boldly, and and to do things without fear, to trust that God is leading us. Just as Moses, Moses was very afraid to go to Pharaoh. What's going to happen? What what do I tell him? And what do I, you know, if they ask me your name, and how am I going to, you know, approach Pharaoh? And God says, Moses, I'm going to be with you. And then he would go to Pharaoh, make all these threats to Pharaoh, you know, and Pharaoh would just like brush him away and make life miserable for the Israelites. And he's like, God, what, what are you doing? And he says, don't worry, Moses, I'm going to be with you. Do these tricks. Do these like powerful miracles. Do these things. And Moses would go in there and do it. 
And Pharaoh's heart would be hard. And Moses would go right back in. And Pharaoh's heart would be hard. And Moses would go right back in. I am going to obey the call of God. Moses, there's an open door to go speak to Pharaoh. I'm not going to speak to Pharaoh. Where is God pushing you? Where is he nudging you and you're just running away? The next thing is, I want you to think about the danger of having other options that hold you back from going through open doors. Open doors. Listen to this. It says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You know, at the time, they, some of the studies show that, that there was no like money at the time. There was no like exchange of money. So it was like a new concept. So for Jonah to have money, to be able to pay for the fare, Jonah has other options. God, do you want me to go to Nineveh? I have money. I'm going to go just pay the fare and I'm going to go to Tarshish. Be careful. Just because you have other options doesn't mean that that's the will of God. Especially us today. You know, if you've ever been outside of America and you've seen the rest of the world, you have a lot. You have a lot of money. You have a lot of options. You have a lot of freedom to do a lot of things you want. And because you have those options, it is so easy to say no to God because I don't really have to obey. I don't have to go to Nineveh, God. I have some money, I'm going to take a ship, and I'm going to take a cruise this way. And you can't stop me. Be careful of the open options that you have that are preventing you from taking the open door. The option of maybe you're invited to serve in the church, and there's somebody else. And so you can just have the luxury of not serving or staying at home and just relaxing and doing your... You have all the options in the world. But those options are not necessarily from God. Hardly anybody would have been able to do what Jonah did because Jonah had money enough to buy a passage for a very long voyage. And Tarshish is significant, not just because it's the opposite direction from Nineveh, but because in many ways it was the opposite kind of city. Nineveh was a military city. Tarshish was not a military power. It was a peaceful place, and it had a lot of wealth. It was a pioneer in trade. Commerce all over this, the, the, the world was kind of like this new technology that was coming up. And so by Jonah going to Tarshish, Jonah is going to a place of greed and the world and riches and comfort. And I want to ask you, how many times... How many times have you had an option to do something hard and you used the easy way to get out? Oh, and you found some, we all, we're excellent at making dumb excuses. And we think that the person in front of us is convinced. And you say it and the person has, no, has a complete, like totally understands that you're just making a stupid excuse. And so they just say, okay, fine. And they just smile at you. Well, why can't you do this? Oh, because I have, and, and okay. Okay, I get it. You don't have to make a stupid excuse. Don't lie to me. Be straight. Jonah's making stupid excuses. And so he goes to Tarshish, this place of easiness, and comfort, and greed. If you read the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah 
Look what it says about it in verse 16 and 17. It says, Upon every high tower and upon every fortified wall, upon all the ships of Tarshish and upon upon all the beautiful sloops, the loftiness of men shall be bowed down and the haughtiness of men shall be brought low. It's saying, upon the ships of Tarshish, the haughtiness of men or the pride of men shall be brought low. This is in the book of Isaiah. Saying that on the ships of Tarshish that Jonah is on his way to enjoy, it says, your loftiness or your, your, your comfort or your pride is going to be brought low. It's amazing that God is trying to tell us that Tarshish became a symbol of wealth and self-sufficiency and power and greed. Different options. I know a person that wanted to, it was a guy and he, he wanted to become a teacher and his, his parents were, you know, very affluent and they said, you know, you're not going to make very much as a teacher. You should become an engineer or a doctor and they pushed him away from, from teaching and, and he listened and he had another option. He went and he went to down another career path and he became wealthy and well off but one thing is that happened. He missed his calling. He's an engineer and he has a lot of money but he missed his call. He's the most unfulfilled person on the planet. Good for you. You became an engineer. But he had the gift of like being in the school system and inspiring people and, and, and you know, changing people around him. He had that gift, but he chose what? The other option. It was there and he took it. There's nothing wrong with it. But that's not where God is. God is not the other option. God is not in Tarshish. Be careful. God is not in Tarshish, or at least when you're, you're called there. We'll see what happens to Tarshish later. First thing is fear. Second thing is having other options. They hold us back. Second thing is, the third thing is, blindness to the door in front of us holds us back. There was a door in front of Jonah, and let's look at that, where this blindness to the door in front of him was. Verse 4 and 5. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. So we've already seen the word great, the great city of Nineveh. And now we're seeing, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had laid down and was fast asleep. Jonah is missing the great open door of his life, sleeping in the bottom of the boat. And look at what happens. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. So I want you to understand something about the ship. These are a bunch of sailors, okay? You know, like in, in America, whenever you say somebody has a mouth like a sailor, you have like a mouth like a sailor, it means they sit on the boats and they just curse and they talk about inappropriate things on the boat all day. You have like a mouth like a sailor. So these are sailors, okay? They're just on the boats all day. These are pagans. These are godless people. They don't know God. They have their own idols and, and they worship idols. And what happens? This pagan sailor is going to the prophet of the Lord and telling the prophet of the Lord 
what are you doing sleeping in the middle of a storm, okay? Call on your God. Jonah, what are the chances that the sailor is prophesying to the prophet? You are there, and there's all of these heathens, people who don't know anything about God. They worship idols, and they're telling you, there's like, even the, the captain is saying, here's an open door, like call upon your God. And what is he doing? Sleeping. Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping in your spiritual life? Are you sleeping in your walk with God, going through the motions? And the world is begging the Christians, saying, what are you doing sleeping? Get out of the boat. Get up and call upon your God. Maybe something can change. Call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. Unbelievable. He's calling the man of God to prayer. The prophet is doing what pagans do, and the pagans are doing what the prophets are doing. Be careful. We can all sit here right now and judge Jonah until we're blue in the face. Don't be Jonah. Don't be Jonah. Don't be the Jonah that is sleeping in the middle of a storm. And Jonah, like, imagine if you've ever been on a boat, it's like everybody gets, you know, seasickness and everybody's taking medicine and people are throwing up on the side of that. Like, voila, Jonah, not even. Jonah is sleeping like a baby. That's like a coldness in your heart. You have to have this numbness and coldness within yourself. If God is knocking, first he's telling you, go to Nineveh, and you run away. And then there's a great wind, and that doesn't say, uh-oh. He's a prophet, he should know, uh-oh. Maybe God is upset at me. Maybe I've done something wrong, or maybe I'm, this is because of me. Sleeping. So many of us, we get to the point where we're sleeping, because the world is in our heart. Tarshish is in our heart. Greed and comfort and ease. And that's not the path of God. That's not the, the, the direction that God has called his people. It's the narrow gate. It's take up your cross. It's where God is. Find out where God is and be there. Where I am there, my servant will be also. Jesus was not in the palace getting fanned as a king. Jesus was where? Had no place to lay his head. Where I am, there my servant will be also. Blindness to the door right in front of you. So then the sailors ask him, what's your story? Verse 8. Then they said to him, please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What kind of crazy person sleeps in the middle of a boat during a storm? I need to know your story. What, what are you doing here, Jonah? What is your country and of what people are you? So he said to them, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. You know, when you're reading in English, you don't understand. In English, I'm sorry, in, in Hebrew, there's a general term for God, Elohim. Okay, there's like a general term. And then often the Jews used to call him Adonai, but in this translation, he's calling him Yahweh. He's saying the God of heaven and earth his name, that God, the God of the people of Israel, that's my God. Look at this. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea that we're getting killed in right now, and the dry land. 
And the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? And he says, Throw me over. Listen to this. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. Do you know what word they're using when they say, O Lord? These heathen, godless, idol-worshipping sailors, they're using the name Yahweh. Yani Jonah, you're sleeping and you're there and there's a storm. And you're the prophet of the Lord. And you worship Yahweh, like the specific name for the Jews, their God, who was the God that brought them out of the land of Egypt. And now when they're praying, they're using the name Yahweh. Look at how God is using them. There is a door right in front of you, Jonah. You're not even, you don't get it. You're, you're, you're so deep and cold and numb within, you don't feel anything. They're coming to know Jonah's God on the ship of Tarshish in the middle of a storm. Sometimes I'm running away from Nineveh and a door opens up on a ship even on Tarshish. And Jonah is still not going through the doors. Jonah is not using this moment. They're calling upon God and they're saying, okay, maybe your God can save us or whatever. And Jonah could have said, let's repent and whatever. He's like, you know what? Just throw me over. Like, really, Jonah? What's wrong with you? I'm afraid that Jonah is sometimes a picture of the people of God of a generation. Just throw, just throw us over the boat. I don't want to preach to you. I don't want to preach to the Ninevites. Just throw me over. Is that what the church has become? Is that where we are, the people of God, avoiding every door? There are so many doors and you have all these excuses as to why God won't use you, why people won't want to be at our church, why this person will never understand God, why these people don't deserve God's mercy, because that was the story of Jonah. You have all these excuses, but God is opening doors. He's saying, look, go, and I'm going to be with you. Open doors show up where least expected. Next thing is, our sense of guilt or inadequacy, not feeling adequate or, or like appropriate for the job, also holds you back. You see, Jonah is going to stop running, but he thinks his story is over because of the mistake he's made. He says, all this is because of me. All of this is because of me. I know. I'm not worthy of being the prophet of the Lord. How many of you feel like maybe you fell in a sin or something that brought you shame and you don't feel adequate and you say, God's not going to use me. Look, you don't know my story. You don't. People tell me this all the time. You know, I'm, why don't you do this? Why do you serve? Why does, you know, God is giving you, they're like, Abuna, you, just don't, you don't know the whole story. And they start to open up. You don't know what I did. And you don't know the mistake that I made. And you don't know the life that I'm living. You don't know the habits that I have. I'm inadequate. You see, God's yes is louder than my no. Jonah's no is very loud. But God's no is, is yes is a little bit louder. 
So there's a great wind. And then the last verse, verse 17. So we have a great Nineveh, the great city of Nineveh, great wind. And then, I didn't read it, but they were in great fear. The sailors were in great fear. Now look at verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. You see, God is the God of great things. And God is the one that is going to take over. And so he says, okay, Jonah, you want to go to Tarshish? You want to get thrown over? I'm going to send you a great fish. And this fish is going to be another place for you to discover your doors. We miss doors when we miss prayer. When we miss prayer. You see, Jonah, like I said, he wasn't praying with the sailors. Second thing is, let's look at Jonah chapter 2. It says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. And he has this long, long prayer. He says, Then I said, I've been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the wet mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. And he goes on. Verse 10. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Apparently, I was, I was reading some, some commentaries and this concept of vomiting. Jo- vomiting is like a very like, nice word in English. Like, it's like... Like, when the, the word that was used in the Hebrew is like disgusting. Like, his, the whole entrails of the, of the whale basically came out with Jonah. He was like, like covered in Araf, like just stuff everywhere. The Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach it to the message that I tell you. Why did Jonah pray? Jonah came to the end of himself. Jonah got to the point where he had nowhere else to turn. Does it take us to get to the point where you are in the bottom of the belly of a whale for you to say, okay, God, the one who's brought me out of the pit, the one who, whatever. Jonah, none of this had to happen. You're still going to Nineveh, okay? None of this had to happen. You just keep closing the doors. Finally, God opens the door, which is the mouth of the whale, and spits him out and tells him to go. We miss doors when we miss prayer. You see, many of us, I have to understand that if I want an adventure with God, I can start by praying today for open doors. God, would you open up doors of encouragement that I can encourage others doors of opportunity or possibilities or places where I can serve. Ask God for open doors. Don't keep shutting them. And you're going to see where we have our lovely Jonah. Jonah gets vomited out. It's an open door. One day you're going to understand that the story of Jonah is not a sad story. It's a joyful story. It's full of joy and joy wins at the end. Jonah is this joyful book that God wants to give Jonah a chance. God wants to give the Ninevites a chance. God gives the sailors of Tarshish a chance. God is using His glory and might everywhere to do great things. Jonah is a book of joy. 
And he's opening up these doors so that you can experience joy. Joy even in the midst of suffering. I said not all calls are easy. But I guarantee you can experience joy even in the hardest times. Next door. Why he didn't go through the door. Lack of love will keep you from entering open doors. To make a long story short, I'm not going to read the whole book of Jonah, but basically God said, all right, go. And he didn't care about the people of Nineveh. And he starts to complain to God. It's a door for Jonah to be a vehicle of God's love to the people. And he's going around saying, if you don't repent in 40 days, then you're going to be destroyed. He's not like saying, please, God loves you and God wants to change you. He's like, like you are going to just go to hell and, and if you don't repent, good luck. Let me know how it works. And the people repented. The people repented, okay? And this is, this is the love of God. But Jonah had no love. You might be not going through open doors because you don't have love for God's people. You don't have love for God. And, and, and the things that he wants to do for you and for others, you don't have love for him. So you're like, sorry, God, I'm not going to do it. Do you love God? You say, what, are you trying to manipulate me? Yeah, I am. Because love will make you do anything, right? People do crazy things for love. Yes, I'm trying to manipulate you. But if you know how much God loves you, what will you do for him? Okay, that is what I want to tell you, is that what will you do for God's love? Jonah was like, I knew you to be a God of compassion and a God of, of grace. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God. You see, Jonah, when he created, when he quoted this verse, what you and I don't realize at face value is that he's just saying, okay, God, you are gracious and compassionate. But what he's quoting is Exodus chapter 34, which is the prayer of Moses. So any Jew who reads this, sees it in a completely different way because they know this prayer. They know the prayer of Moses. So when Jonah prays it, and the Lord passed before him, Moses, and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. That was the original prayer. Jonah, like, clipped part of the prayer and just said, I know that you're great. He didn't know the fullness of God. A lot of us miss open doors because we have the wrong view of God. You don't know the full picture of God. And so you know this much about God and this much in your mind is not enough to get you through. You don't trust Him. You don't love Him. You can't trust a God who is not a God of truth or a God of faithfulness or a God of love or all of these wonderful things that He said. Because of that, I don't want to go. He was so mad at God that he was changing the people of Nineveh and they fasted and they repented and God accepted them and Jonah said, I knew it. He didn't know the truth of God. And that's something that be careful. The reason why maybe you're not going through open doors is you don't fully know God. There's a lot of people, young people in here, they think they know God. And they have this like, yeah, my parents used to go to church and I used to go in Sunday school and I get, I get, I get God. You don't get God. You don't know God. I want you to admit you don't know God. Everyone say, I don't know anything about God. Okay? So that I can begin to discover the true God in His fullness, in who He is, and how beautiful He is. The wrong view of God is going to cause me to miss open doors. 
I'm going to end here. But I want you to ask yourself why you're not going through the open doors of God. You're afraid. You have other options. You are blind to the door that is right in front of you and it's holding you back. Your guilt, thinking that you're inadequate and you're not, God can never use you because you're such a sinner. You're not praying for them. You're not praying for open doors. You lack love or you have a wrong view of God. All of this is in Jonah. Be careful. Be careful. If you feel that little knock, say, Lord, okay, I'm telling you I'm afraid. Can you encourage me? I don't know how this is going to look. I'm a perfectionist. I don't like mistakes. I don't like failure. Lord, help me. I want to follow you, but, but I don't know what to do. Can you please lead me? Can you show me the way? Can you give me boldness? Peter, one minute, is denying in front of a little girl. Next day, he's standing before the rulers and confronting them with boldness, telling them, you crucified Christ, preaching in front of thousands. It didn't take much. It didn't take much long. This is within 50 days. This is within 50 days, Peter became this. Pray for open doors. Last thing, St. Paul, when he was in prison, he was in prison, and he's praying with Silas in prison, in chains, and they're praising God. And all of a sudden, boom, all of the doors open. That open door was like another option. Like, guys, we could just run. What happens? The Philippian jailer sees this. He realizes all the prisoners are going to escape. They're going to kill me. So he begins to take a sword to kill himself. And Paul says, no, 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 wait, wait. We're all still here. Don't kill yourself. Look at that open door. He had an open prison door. And everyone could have run. But St. Paul's eyes saw the real open door. It was the Philippian jailer that this guy is going to be a convert and this is going to be the beginning of the ministry in Philippi. Make sure that you're not going after the easy way. Escape the prison. No, I'm staying. None of us have went anywhere. Stay there. Shh, wait. And it says in him and all of his household believed and were baptized. Beautiful story. Guys, the word of God is alive. It's fire. The word of God is fire. Get into it. Suck out the juice from the word of God to find direction for your life and to find boldness that you can go through his open doors. Glory be to God forever. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.